Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Abortion top of mind. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Wednesday, November 8th. Thanks for joining us. Here's what we have for you this hour. In Kentucky, Ohio, and Virginia, abortion was a critical issue for voters on Election Day. We'll have results and reaction. The House censured Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib for promoting false narratives after the terror attacks by Hamas on Israel. Ivanka Trump, daughter of the former president, takes the witness stand today in his civil fraud trial in New York. And credit card fees increasingly being passed on to consumers. It seems that we are seeing this more and more as we go out and shop or go to restaurants. And because inflation has been so difficult on some of the smaller businesses that they've decided that they need to find ways to cut their expenses. And so they're going to try to pass these credit card fees on to you. Medora Lee at USA Today on how businesses pass on the cost of credit card processes and how we can avoid them. Despite President Biden's sagging approval ratings, Democrats may be breathing a sigh of relief after Tuesday's off-year election results, and abortion may have been the motivating factors for voters in Kentucky, Virginia, and Ohio. In conservative Kentucky, incumbent Democratic Governor Andy Beshear won re-election, beating Republican Daniel Cameron. The AP projected Mr. Beshear had won. Tonight, Kentucky made a choice. A choice not to move to the right or to the left, but to move forward for every single family. Mr. Bashir criticized Mr. Cameron for supporting current abortion law in the state that bans virtually all of them. Mr. Cameron, who had the backing of former President Trump, cast Mr. Bashir as a liberal extremist allied with President Biden. In Mississippi, incumbent Republican Tate Reeves held off a challenge from Democrat Brandon Presley. I want to thank someone that I spoke with just a few minutes ago, President Donald J. Trump. Mississippi hasn't elected a Democratic governor in 20 years. In Virginia, the Democratic Party's abortion rights message fueled victories that gave it full control of the legislature in Richmond. Every General Assembly seat was on the ballot this year. Democrats flipped the House of Delegates and held the majority they've had in the Senate since 2020. Here's this morning's Mike Gavin. Candidates made their case to voters this cycle on the economy, the environment, public safety, and schools, but no issue was more hotly contested than abortion. Virginia is the last state in the South without new restrictions since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Democrats made abortion access their top issue, campaigning in support of existing state law that allows the procedure until around 26 weeks. Republicans embraced Governor Glenn Youngkin's call for a ban on the procedure after 15 weeks, with exceptions for rape, incest, or to protect the mother's life. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. In solidly Republican Ohio, voters yesterday put abortion rights in the state constitution. The measure gives a person the right to make their own reproductive decisions, including about abortion. It will allow the state to prohibit abortion after fetal viability, which is typically around 22 to 24 weeks, except when a woman's life or health is at risk. 
to Washington now. The House has voted to censure Michigan Democrat Rashida Tlaib over the Israel-Hamas war. The 234 to 188 tally came after enough Democrats joined with Republicans to censure Ms. Tlaib, the only Palestinian-American in Congress. It's a punishment one step below expulsion. The three-term Congresswoman came under scrutiny following last month's attacks by the terrorist group Hamas after she failed to immediately condemn Hamas, which governs the Gaza Strip. Wisconsin Republican Mike Gallagher on Fox News. She can certainly say whatever she wants to say, and we can choose whether or not to censure uh, that and, and stand up for what I hope is sort of the bipartisan sentiment of the institution, which is to support Israel, to push back on, on forms of anti-Semitism. All Democrats initially stood by her. Many of her colleagues, though, including prominent Jewish members, have become more conflicted about a slogan she has used frequently that is widely seen as calling for the eradication of Israel. Illinois Democrat Brad Schneider said he believed it was important to debate the slogan, quote, from the river to the sea. Dell's Black Friday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top brand accessories. Shop now at dell.com deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's dell.com deals. Exclusive stories and unique perspectives. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, glad you could be with us. Welcome to Wednesday, a year before the 2024 election. A divided nation is stuck in a political loop. President Trump's weaknesses helped deliver President Biden to the White House. And now Mr. Biden's vulnerabilities could lead Mr. Trump to a comeback. Here's Ken Thomas, White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Ken, if it's a matchup polling says we don't want, why are those two the leading candidates? Yeah, it's like the two candidates are on a collision course to face each other, even though there are a lot of concerns among the public that 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 might not be the best outcome for the country. You know, I think the public generally believes the country's on the wrong track. Um, we've had two straight presidential elections, 2016 and 2020, in which a very small number of votes in a few states decided the election. And I think both parties look at this election as one that will be decided on the margins in a handful of battleground states. Um, but, you know, President Biden uh, is, appears to be in a very strong position uh, to be the nominee, despite uh, his age, uh, he will be turning 81. And that's certainly um, something that voters raise uh, repeatedly when talking about him. Uh, at the same time, President, former President Trump is in really the poll position uh, for the Republican nomination, despite all the legal problems that he has. And so uh, these are two uh, rivals who, who really look to be uh, on pace to face each other uh, in a rematch. What do the respective parties or campaigns say, Ken, when uh, they get a question like the woman asked in your story, is this the best we have, Biden and Trump? Well, I think they are the candidates who are in the best position to win their nomination. And uh, winning a nomination for your party may not necessarily mean uh, that it's going to be... Uh, uh, praised by, you know, 85% of the country. Former President Trump is in a large field of Republicans uh, for the nomination. And so if he's able to win, say, 
35 to 40 percent in Iowa and in New Hampshire, that could put him in a uh, you know, very strong position to win the nomination next spring. I mean, you know, Super Tuesday, which is, you know, the big uh, uh, day of, of, you know, more than a dozen states voting. I mean, that comes right after those states. So, you know, he could uh, quickly lock up this nomination. In, in President Biden's case, you know, he has the support of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, you know, they've already endorsed uh, the Biden-Harris ticket. And, you know, he's been able to raise money uh, jointly with the Democratic National Committee. So that just gives him a huge advantage. And he has a primary challenge in uh, Dean Phillips. He's a Minnesota congressman. But he's really basing his campaign around New Hampshire, which is a unsanctioned uh, primary. So even if Phillips did well, he wouldn't be able to get any delegates out of it. So really, you know, the, the, both Biden and Trump are, are, are just in these very strong positions internally, um, even as, you know, these polls show a lot of people have concerns and you know, really would prefer to have other options. Mm. We're speaking with Ken Thomas, White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal. His piece is called The 2024 Election Rematch Americans Are Dreading Looks Likely. So given what you said there, what about an opening for a third-party candidate to make a significant impact? It certainly looks like we could have a bigger uh, third-party impact this coming election cycle than we did in 2020. If you just look at the math, um, Biden and Trump accounted for more than 98 percent of the popular vote in 2020. So there was just really, uh, you know, just only you know less than two percent of the people cast their ballots for someone other than the Democratic and Republican nominee. If you look in 2016, when when Trump defeated Hillary Clinton, the two major party candidates accounted for less than 95%. So, you know, there was about 5% of the public in that cycle who were willing to pull the lever for a third party candidate. Thanks, Ken. Ken Thomas, White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Ohio residents have voted to put abortion rights in the state's constitution, one of several states where the issue resonated with voters. The abortion debate also played into victories for Democrats in Virginia, where they held their majority in the state Senate and wrestled the majority from Republicans in the state's House of Delegates. Also, Democrat Andy Beshear won another term as governor of Kentucky, where he criticized abortion restrictions passed by the legislature. Our neighbors aren't just Democrats. They're not just Republicans. They're not just independents. Every single person is a child of God, and they are all our neighbor. In Mississippi, incumbent Republican Governor Tate Reeves defeated Democratic challenger Brandon Presley. Number two. Israel says it intends to retain security control of Gaza for an indefinite period once its war with Hamas ends, prompting U.S. officials to stress their opposition to a reoccupation of the enclave. Senior Israeli officials say they have no intention of creating an interim government to run civilian life. Meanwhile, National Security Council advisor John Kirby says the U.S. continues to address the hostage situation. Going to continue to pursue every possible measure that we can to get those hostages released and to get those folks back with their families where they belong. Israeli attacks on Gaza have killed more than 10,000 Palestinians since October 7th. 
number three. Supreme Court justices showed little sympathy Tuesday for a violent domestic abuser arguing he had a Second Amendment right to keep a semi-automatic rifle and a pistol at home. Outside the court, hundreds protested in support of the ban. Although felons can lose their gun rights, the 1994 federal law is intended to prevent violence before it occurs. Following the smashing success of the animated The Super Super Mario Brothers movie earlier this year, Nintendo plans to bring another of its iconic video game characters to movie screens. The Japanese video game maker says it plans to make a live-action version of The Legend of Zelda in conjunction with Sony Pictures Entertainment. The film will be directed by Wes Ball, who made the Maze Runner trilogy and the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. All right. Thank you, Jen. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermal regulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Glad you're with us. Businesses used to absorb most of the costs of credit card processing, figuring that accepting credit cards would bring in more business to offset the costs. Now they're passing those costs to shoppers. Here's Medora Lee, money reporter at USA Today. Medora set this up. So if you've gone out and you've seen like, you know, you can you can get a discount if you if you pay with cash instead of a credit card or if you pay with a credit card, we'll have to charge you more. That's what we're talking about today. And it seems that we are seeing this more and more um, as we go out and shop or go to restaurants. And because inflation has been so difficult on some of the smaller businesses that they've decided that they need to find ways to cut their expenses. And so they're going to try to pass these credit card fees on to you. Yikes. How are the fees determined? So every time you use your credit card, your bank will get a cut. And then there's also a smaller fee that goes to the processors um, to swipe your card to put that uh, transaction through. And so there is actually some legislation that's going that Senator Durbin and Senator Marshall are trying to get through to try to lessen these credit card fees for people. They are going to require, because right now Visa MasterCard have a lock on the market, they say, of over 80% of the business. And so they set those fees, and so they call it a duopoly. And they're trying to insist that every transaction allows at least one other processor to go in there. Um, and get that business. We're speaking with Medora Lee, money reporter at USA Today. Her story is called Americans Relying Less on Cash and More on Credit Cards May Pay More Fees. Uh, so this typically is it, it's, it's not a flat fee, right? It's, it's, is it a percentage? Is that what you were saying before? And there's lots of different things that go into it. Yeah, they can come into in different forms. They can be even called different things. They may not be called a credit card processing fee. They could be called a convenience fee. So these are really kind of tough to know exactly what you're paying. But they are typically 
a percentage. They are either a percentage or they come as a discount or they can be a flat fee that they'll charge you. So some people will say, you know, we want you to pay five and a half percent more, five and a half percent of your total bill to go towards credit card processing fees. Or they can just say, you know what, we're just going to car- charge you an extra two dollars. Hmm. So, um, I mean, and, and these fees, they have to be advertised by the merchant, say, at checkout or they don't have to be advertised or are there any rules? There are rules. Um, so surcharges are not legal in every single state, most of them. But if they do allow them, they have to be disclosed to you and they have to be supposedly a separate line item on your bill. But the other way they can do it is they can offer you a discount to urge you to use cash instead of credit. And so they'll say, you know, you don't have to, you can, you know, get this much off if you pay in cash or you don't have to pay this tax if you pay in cash. Um, And that is legal in every state. I think that consumers are going to be stuck having to keep paying these fees. I don't think they're going to go away. People are getting used to seeing extra fees and Mm -hmm. there's, and they're, just paying them. And I think that one of the guys that I talked to was made an, made the airline industry an example. When did they introduce extra fees for baggage? And how many years now have we yeah. been paying that? Medora Lee, money reporter at USA Today. 30 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Aging is a journey that can gather some unwanted passengers, namely those senescent or zombie cells. Hi, it's Gordon Deal, and I used to feel that sluggish middle-aged mood, those aches after workouts. I could practically feel those old cells just taking up space, bogging me down. Then I found Qualia Senolytic. Think of it as giving your body a little spring cleaning, pruning away the worn-out cells, and letting the lively ones shine. And you only take it two days a month. Crafted with vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO ingredients. Plus, with a 100-day money-back guarantee, you've got a risk-free journey to rejuvenation. Resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Gordon for up to $100 off and use code Gordon at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Gordon for an extra 15% off. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's show. Neurohacker.com slash Gordon. Expert Insight. World-class reporting. You're listening to America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us and welcome into Wednesday, November 8. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. Democrats win on abortion messaging on Election Day in Kentucky, Ohio and Virginia. Ivanka Trump on the witness stand today in her father's fraud trial. The third Republican presidential debate is tonight. Some snow in the forecast in the Denver area and parts of New England this evening. College football playoff top four, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State. Kenny Chesney announces a tour for next year and the dangerous cliffside rescue of the animal known as Britain's loneliest sheep. We'll have that story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Dell. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Dell Technologies and Intel are pushing what technology can do. So great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. The U.S. labor market has proven strikingly resilient with many indicators pointing to some of the healthiest conditions in modern times. But the October jobs report offered cause to worry about whether it will last. Here's Neil Irwin, chief economics correspondent at Axios. Neil, what did you look at? 
for a long time, uh, even as we've had all these kind of recession warnings and people talking about how, how hard the economy is, unemployment has stayed extremely low until recently. Last few months, it's ticked up. Recent low was 3.4%. It's now at 3.9%. That's still low by historical standards, but that's a half percentage point jump. That's a big move in just a few months. Okay, and that half a percentage point is key here. Why are we watching that? Well, it's kind of a magic number that a lot of economists have observed over the years. Uh, it's pretty rare for the for the unemployment rate to rise that much and then just level off and stay uh, stay low. What tends to happen is when it rises half a percent, it keeps rising. And so that's what we're watching for. Are we in the middle of the very earliest phases of what will become a recession? Or is this just uh, the economy adjusting and, uh, and then some of the heat in the labor market from the last couple of years petering out? All right. Explain the SOM rule that you looked at. Yeah, this is a thing a Federal Reserve economist came up with a few years ago. It turns out to be a really useful real-time indicator of whether a recession is going on. And it's, the math's a little bit complicated. It's the three-month average of the unemployment rate compared to the lowest three-month average over the last year. And when that jumps five, uh, half a percentage point, you're almost certainly in a recession. Now, it hasn't jumped that much yet. It's at 0.3. But historically, that kind of tells you there's a 40% chance of a recession being imminent. So that is a real warning bell. You know, we, the economy has kind of held up throughout a lot of challenges the last uh, year or two. Uh, the question is, how much longer does that continue, given high interest rates and all the things happening out there? I feel to a certain extent we've become numb to recession warnings. There were so many for so long, it seemed. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were, who were very wrong, you know, because this time uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, it looked like uh, all the historical relationships pointed toward a, a real steep downturn. The Federal Reserve was raising rates like crazy. Um, it just hasn't happened. You know, the labor market stayed quite strong. Inflation has come down kind of gradually without a ton of pain on the kind of growth side. Um, but that might not last. And, and the open question is, as we head into 2024, are we going to start really paying the price for these higher uh, interest rates? And, and is that really going to start to bite more? Hmm. We're speaking with Neil Irwin, chief economics correspondent at Axios. His story is called Why Higher U.S. Unemployment is a Worry. Uh, you zeroed in, too, on workers ages 25 to 54. How do they factor into this? Yeah, well, so the, the reason we look sometimes, uh, economists look sometimes at, they call them prime age uh, workforce, 25 to 54, is it takes out some of the effects that come about when people retire, maybe retire early, uh, or are still in school. So 25 to 54-year-olds, most people in that age bracket are, are going to be part of the labor force. And that trend is a little better, right? The, the unemployment rate has not risen as much among that prime age group. Uh, the share of those people working has stayed pretty high. So that's a, a good sign. That's a sign that this is still a, an environment where people who are in their prime working years want a job, can probably get one. It's just not quite as hot a job market as it was even a few months ago. What does the Fed do with this data, if anything? I think if they're going to be on, on watch. You know, they've, uh, they've kind of signaled they might be done raising interest rates, and this number that we got on Friday uh, really confirms that and really supports that idea that they do not need to raise interest rates anymore. Um, that said, they want to see inflation come down. And if they don't keep seeing solid evidence that inflation is dissipating and coming back down to the 2% that they aim for, uh, you know, you never know. You could see more interest rate increases. Uh, but it's a, it's a very uncertain environment, and, and there's a lot that can go wrong. I mean, in theory, rising unemployment would lead to lower inflation, right? Yep, that's the theory. The funny thing is the theory hasn't really worked too well the last couple of years. <laughs> you know, what we've had the last couple of years is the unemployment rate stayed below 4% for for nearly two years now, um, and inflation has come down pretty gradually despite that. Uh, the question is, uh, if yeah, you're exactly right. If, un if unemployment rate does keep rising, 
that would be disinflationary, that would be, you know, price pressures would diminish. That doesn't mean people feel great because people might be losing their jobs and that sort of thing. So it's kind of a picture-poison situation for, for the economy. Uh, we all want to see inflation come down. We don't want to see a lot of people lose their jobs in the meantime. Revisit a little bit of history here because uh, you, you made a point toward the end of your piece where you said the post-pandemic recovery has been weird in all sorts of ways. Yeah, it absolutely has. And, and you know, you're not supposed to have uh, the, the Fed raise interest rates by percentage points and not have a recession. You're not supposed to have, you know, a lot of these relationships that, that are based on history really just haven't worked in, in this whole experience going back to 2020. Um, and I think the reason is everything about this is weird. You don't normally shut down the global economy because there's a, a, a pandemic, because there's a disease. You, you know, that's not what's normally uh, in the kind of economic experience that all of us have lived through the last several decades. Um, and so understanding how things are going to work and what's related to what in what ways is really hard to do. Thanks, Neil. Neil Irwin, Chief Economics Correspondent at Axios. Coming up next, another crazy deer, racy lingerie, and confusion at Starbucks. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies Advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday. I, I was just just thinking as you and I were talking off air, I, I could really use it to be Friday Eve. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> You're willing Friday I've, Eve to I get your day earlier? I'm gassed for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. for no really good reason. I know. You've had your head in your hands a couple times this yeah, week. It's strange. Look, looking like it was Thursday or Friday Eve when it was only yeah. like Tuesday like yeah, yesterday. It's just disappointing. I'd yeah, like we, to fast forward somehow. I, I hear. Can't. We, we could all use a weekend. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's time now for the mic drop. <laughs> Thank you. Here's this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, we've told you several stories of deer on the rampage this fall, crashing through not one but two different restaurants in different states in recent weeks. Now they're branching out to women's lingerie. A deer was caught on camera crashing into a lingerie store in Lansing, Michigan, crashing through the outside glass and running wild through the store, knocking over mannequins and displays in the process. The footage was posted to Facebook and shows the deer running from across the street with a full head of steam straight through the glass window, then leap over a seated lingerie-clad mannequin, all to the horror of a store employee. The animal eventually left through a door that was propped open. Thankfully, no one was injured in the deer rampage, but the store did have to be closed temporarily for cleanup and repairs. You know, the the outside camera yeah. on the street almost captured him getting struck by a car. Uh, you yeah. see that as he darted across the street? Yeah. So he avoids that, then smashes. Uh, he was running full steam when he smashed through that glass. That was unbelievable. We need to figure out why the deer are doing this because why would well, you, I mean, listen. why would anyone, any animal, any human go, th- you know, headfirst through glass? Did you see the lingerie that was on the mannequins? <laughs> you think that's what it was? Well, that was some pretty racy stuff. I mean, it seemed like a young buck. It, right. Sees yes. it from across the street, bolts <laughs> into the lingerie store. And uh, so he goes crashing all the way to the back of the store, like steamrolls two mannequins, then realizes, wow, that red one piece looked pretty nice. Uh-huh. And he does a 180 and comes back to the front of the store, I think, I mean, you to know, check out the red one piece laundry. We may never know. And I guess the other ones were just hungry, right? The ones that just busted uh, into the so. restaurants. Yeah, well, yeah they picked yeah. the wrong store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Lo- it really looked like a defensive coordinator had called a blitz. Right, and right, And this right. deer just saw it the whole way. Oh, oh, my goodness. Crazy stuff. And uh, we're all trying to watch our calories these days. So would it stand to reason that you might want to cut your takeout sandwich in half and save the other half for later or split the sandwich with a friend? However, asking the staff behind the counter to do it for you might be a dicey proposition. This after a post on Reddit went viral showing what happened when a customer asked for their sandwich to be cut in half at a Starbucks. The image shows half of a turkey, provolone, and pesto on ciabatta sandwich. 
cut in half lengthwise rather than crosswise, creating two very tall and skinny halves. Commenters couldn't help but laugh at the sandwich snafu, with some noting that the sandwich was technically cut in half, and others joking that this was some sort of malicious compliance with mm. the request. Starbucks workers also chimed in, some of them saying they've actually done this before, and laughed while watching customers try to navigate the super skinny sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do this if you cut a sandwich in half. I don't think you do. I think it's a risk to your fingers, by the way, handling a knife for that long. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? You just never cut a sandwich in your life if, if you've done that. Like, this is your first job at Starbucks. You know, you're 16, and you've just right. never cut a sandwich at home. Your mom cut all your sandwiches mm-hmm. for you your entire life. That is an excellent profile. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. 13 minutes in front of the hour on this morning, America's first news. Dell's Black Friday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top brand accessories. Shop now at dell.com slash deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. We are America's First News, this morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, glad you're with us. Welcome into Wednesday. For anyone who has taken a long flight, say six hours or longer, the goal is usually to sleep for at least part of it, especially if it's an overnight flight. Fox News put together a handful of tips to try to reach that goal. Number one, pick a seat that's conducive to rest. Although the aisle seat gives you more freedom to stretch your legs, choosing a window seat in coach with a seat back that reclines and as far from the lavatory and galley is a better choice. Number two, wear the right clothes for travel, like loose-fitting clothing with comfortable socks, and pack some extra layers in case the temperature on the plane changes. Number three, keep your home habits, like maybe limiting cell phone or computer use within an hour of nodding off. And number four, avoid certain food and drink. It's best to avoid fatty and spicy food and alcohol. Eight minutes in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Democratic Governor Andy Beshear has won re-election in Kentucky, defeating Republican challenger Daniel Cameron, the state's attorney general. Beshear has a 60% approval rating, despite governing as a Democrat in a socially conservative state. In Mississippi, Republican Tate Reeves was re-elected governor. This victory sure is sweet. Ohio voters added the right to access abortion care to the state's constitution, another major political victory for abortion rights advocates in the nearly 17 months since the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade. In Virginia, the abortion issue also played a factor as Democrats retained control of the state Senate and took control of the House. Number two. Democrat Sherelle Parker, a former member of the Philadelphia City Council, has been elected the city's next mayor, which will make her the first woman to hold the office. No matter where we went our message stayed the same and guess what i learned during that time philadelphia that people were yearning for authenticity in rhode island gabe amo defeated republican jerry leonard to win a congressional seat becoming the state's first black candidate elected to congress 
Number three. House lawmakers have voted to censure Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, the only Palestinian-American in Congress, over comments she made about Israel that were widely criticized by colleagues. The resolution, which passed 234 to 188, centers on statements Tlaib made after Hamas attacked Israel and Israel retaliated with strikes on Gaza. The resolution accused her of promoting false narratives and alleged she called for the destruction of Israel. 22 Democrats joined with most Republicans to censure Tlaib Four Republicans voted against censure. October was the hottest on record globally, 3.1 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than the pre-industrial average for the month, and the fifth straight month with such a mark in what will now almost certainly be the warmest year ever recorded. Scientists say the amount that we're smashing records by is shocking. For many, New York City is the place to be to spend Thanksgiving, particularly because it's home to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But Wallet Hub ranks San Francisco as tops for Thanksgiving, sinking the Big Apple to 37th. Wallet Hub measured 18 metrics ranging from the cost of Thanksgiving dinner and share of delayed flights to volunteer opportunities per capita and forecasted precipitation. New York got dinged for the high cost of Thanksgiving dinner and accommodations, as well as for weather. Now listen. If, if you're not at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York when it's 34 degrees and raining sideways in the wind, you, you're not living. Exactly. That's not living. Exactly. Boo to this. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Six minutes in front of the hour. Britain's so-called loneliest sheep stuck at the foot of a remote cliff in Scotland for two years has been rescued thanks to a group of farmers. The sheep, now named Fiona, was at the base of the cliff surrounded by steep rock on one side, water on the other. Cammie Wilson, a farmer, told BBC News he and four others used a winch to get Fiona. One person stayed at the top of the cliff. The others traveled 820 feet down to reach her. Fiona is now at Dalscone Farm, a tourist attraction in Edinburgh with activities for children. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.